Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 8th, 2023, coming at you live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Stefan Rosner here to hang out, stepping in for Chris Botter to host the show. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Ethan Sears from New York Post will be joining us. And uh, we have a couple of frenemies invading here. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, we got some guys hanging out on the couch. We'll see what that's all about a little bit later. But, Stefan, great to have you here. How you doing, bud? Good. Always a pleasure. Yeah? Okay, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So <laughs> let's keep it <laughs> going. want to remind you all that we are presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Isle. And, of course, UBS Arena. At Belmont Park, also proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. And the brand new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play, food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events. We're located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village, and you can go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe, find your crowd, unplug your game. So, Stefan Rosner. Yes. Not the greatest trip out west, huh? Uh, No, I mean, it could have gone worse. (laughs) Could have been a win. It could have been winless. It could have been winless. They start in Seattle. You think maybe, uh, you know, they can put a win out there. I mean, look, they're a better team, but they end up putting a crappy performance, and that ended up being the whole theme for the week, unfortunately. They go out to Western Canada. They go to Vancouver. They get the win there. It looks like, okay. They made up for uh, for what transpired in Seattle, despite the slow start once again over there. Then they have the back-to-backs in Alberta against Edmonton and Calgary. They drop both in very alarming fashion. And here we are now. They're basically hanging on for dear life here to that second wild-card spot in the, in the uh, Eastern Conference. And, you know, we can get into the games in hand that the teams behind them have and all that, but literally hanging on for dear life. So what did you see out of that trip, and, and, and what do you make of this precarious position that the Islanders are in now? So you saw more of the same, like you said. Slow starts have been a problem all year, and I think this road trip was just every game. The starts got worse, worse, and worse. And you wonder, okay, you know, what's going into that? Is it the you know preparation? It sounds like when you talk to the players and coaches, and we'll ask Ethan in a second about that. There's nothing, nothing's changing. They don't know what the reason is. Obviously, the biggest issue for the Islanders is getting on the forecheck quick enough. Once they get on the forecheck, that's how they establish their game. They're not doing that. They're allowing goals early in periods. And again, this is a team that could come back in second and thirds. We saw the Magic earlier in the year. Right. But it didn't really happen. It's the Vancouver Canucks game. Again, these are teams that you went out west where you could have could have come home with, with a 500 record at the minimum against yeah. these teams. These and you would have said, okay. And the goaltending, too. The biggest thing I look at is, you know, I think three out of the four, all four goalies they faced, under 900 save percentages. Yeah. Now, what you'd want to do against them is fire shots. That's, <laughs> right. That seems like the, the right thing to yeah, do. To, yeah, to you, would, you would think. Even if you don't score, get the goalie moving, get him under pressure, all that. 
They didn't do that. They allowed those goalies to get into a rhythm. Martin Jones got into a rhythm. Yep. Um, they, they abused Spencer Martin's glove hand like they abused Jari a couple years ago in the playoffs. I mean, sure. every shot. But besides that, you know, Markstrom hasn't had a great year. They didn't really pepper him. Right. And it's just, you know, they saw the same thing over and over. I mean, even Jake Campbell is one of the worst goalies in the league statistically this year. And you just don't get enough shots early. You let Edmonton get on the power play early. It was just a mess. And again, it looked better as those games went on. But mm. you put yourself in such a hole, put so much pressure on your team. Again, you can't rely to come back. It's a hard league. Every team's good. If there's anything we've learned from this team, and, and not just this season, but but even years past, but it's kind of coming back this season, is it doesn't matter what goaltender the opposition puts in. The Islanders have a do a great job of making them look great. I mean, look at that Lankin in the game against Nashville earlier in the year. They pepper 50-plus shots on Lankin. And Lankin's not a, an right. amazing goalie, but they made him look like Rodor or any of those guys. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's not even the shots. It's, it's the high-danger shots. I, one of these games on the road trip, I don't think the Islanders had a high-danger shot till halfway through the second. I mean, you're not going to win games like that. These goalies, as much as they struggle, they're going to f- stop the shots. One, they hit them in the chest. And two, the, the low danger from the outside, they're going to stop those. you got to put pressure, high-danger shots, get traffic. That's the biggest thing, too. I mean, we saw Vancouver, the goals that Bo Horvat scored the deflection. is right. The other teams are crashing the net, getting mm-hmm. deflections in the high slot. The Islanders aren't doing that. And even, you know, when you do get the shots on goal, where's the guys for the rebounds, you know? This team, the Islanders aren't going to snipe from the corners all the time, like that Kadri goal we saw against Calgary. No one mm-hmm. on the Islanders is really going to snipe like that. Right. So right. you got to get what the could have been right? if if Nazem actually had it worked out here on the island. What could have been, right? <laughs> what could have been, Ed, buddy? You're looking great there behind the glass. That hat is is fantastic. I think so yeah, it looks really good. Much better than the hat you were wearing last week, I have to say. Uh, Very yeah. fashionable. Yeah, I'd have to say after last week, uh, we were wearing the uh, Rangers Ed podcast hat. Uh, <laughs> I wore it as a good sport how, for a bet. I didn't. How even many place. showers did you take uh, after that show? I mean. Uh, the dandruff is still strong. <laughs> the flakes are still apparent. <laughs> you had to use Head like extra extra strength uh, shampoo to get yes. that out. Yes. Well, well, we did say we had some frenemies hanging out with us here tonight, and uh, we might as well let yep. the cat out of the bag. Somehow these guys snuck into the studio tonight, and we got Ed and Mike over there on the couch hanging out. How you doing, boys? How we doing, Sean? Doing great. You know, you have a knack uh, for putting me on the spot. You know, last time you put me on the spot with the bet, we came out on top with that one. Now we come in friendly, and you put us on the spot trying to chirp us on your couch. So, well, well, listen, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a big displeasure to have you. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hate that you're here, but but you're here on the couch. So, I mean, we, I guess we got to roll with it. Let's but do it. Uh, Let's do it. I'm glad those hats are on your heads. And not ours. But, uh, where they belong. Pleasure to have you. We'll, we'll get you guys involved a little bit later. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Absolutely. Yeah, if you boys. guys have any questions for these two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Folks in the chat. Uh, keep, keep them classy. It, yeah, but keep also, them classy. Yeah. But when we hit questions brewing later, if you have any questions for our Ranger fan frenemies over there, you can chime in or you can ignore them completely. That's fine, too. We don't. That doesn't bother us at all. <laughs> but they're going to be hanging out with us. So really appreciate them hanging out here. And uh, we're going to jump back into the Islander talk here. So let's talk a little Matt Barzell stuff. You got the injury, the unexpected injury on Friday. He was basically a late scratch. What's the latest on that? So, no update. The okay. Islanders do not give updates. You know, we've known this year, whether it's lower body, upper body, you're not, we still have no idea when Pelleck's coming back. He's supposed to skate soon, but with Barzal, he just found out he, he took warm-ups Friday. Mm-hmm. He was in warm-ups. It seemed like Ratu was going to be a scratch. Twitter went nuts for that for 15 minutes and sure. so Ratu's back in. Barzal, they said it was, you know, lower body, but you look, the game before, he went hard behind the uh, Oilers' net. Came up a little slow, went mm-hmm. the, stayed in the game, played that shift out, and you look back, okay, that's probably where the injury occurred. You would have to think it's pretty minor because he did take warm-ups, and it was one of those, okay, he couldn't go. Same way we saw Zizekas, um take warm-ups, Ratu comes into the lineup, whatever, that situation where it was just a minor 
Gangster, you're hoping he doesn't miss time because right now he's he's your hottest Islander. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, hopefully it ends up being short term. And it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, well, when Pe- basically when Pelic went out, which was like like a month ago now, which is December crazy. December sixth against the Blues. So there you go. Yeah. Essentially a month ago, and we got a question in questions brewing about about Pelic being out and whatnot. We were talking about the basically a comparison between what hurts more, right? Matt Barzell being out or Adam Pellick. And here we are with, uh, with both of them out, which is, which is not ideal. They don't help. Right. And we saw what could happen on Friday, but I mean, even with Barzell in the lineup prior, I mean, they have these struggles and, and it's just, uh, it's a little concerning. I mean, look, I guess if you want to look at the, the glass half full here, there's still half of the season of 41 games to go for them to get it together and for guys like Pellet to get healthy and fingers crossed that Barzell is just a little bit, bit of a blip here and maybe he's ready to go this coming week. But we're seeing how the depth of this team is being challenged. We're seeing how Sebastian Ajo is obviously looking a lot better this season as he had previously. I think we were all ready to say his book is closed with the New York yeah. Islanders. He's definitely revived himself a little bit. Uh, Watherspoon is showing a little promise back there. But, I mean, I think we have to be honest with ourselves and say it's probably not enough. No. And and there's probably a good amount of goals that have been, you know, forfeited against over these last, you know, collections of games here where if Pelican had been in there, maybe at least you get a couple of points out of these games. Because I know it's, it's, it's not the Islanders' M.O. this season to get to overtime and shoot out when they lose. <laughs> but maybe that could have happened if you had Pellick out there to prevent a couple of goals and maybe help send a couple of goals the other way. I mean, no one's replacing Pellick. That is a really top defenseman in this league. Yeah. And I think people look at it and go, okay, he's just a shutdown defenseman. But he changes everything. The transition game. I mean, we saw Pulak miss time last year and how important that was that he was, that he was out. But Pellick gets pucks out of the defensive zone. Right. Right now, the Islanders are getting pinned early in games too often. They have chances to clear... And they don't. And you look at Pelican, he's just he's got a long reach. He keeps players to the outside. He gets the puck out. And right now, you're not seeing enough guys step up. Noah Dobson, as much offense as he brings, since Pelican's been out, his defense has been shaky. Pulak's defense has been shaky. Roman, I mean, all these, no one's really on the back end stepped up to the point where it's, you know, okay, we could handle Pelican being out. Mm-hmm. Same thing when Pelican, you know, tore his Achilles. The Islanders mm-hmm. treaded water for the right. rest of that season. Right. They snuck in with the whole COVID situation. But. Yep. When Pellick is missing, he seems to be the glue. I know on the show when you were with Bada's, all right, who's who being out hurts more, Barzal right. or Pellick? Right. It's hands down Pellick, especially when you're a team that doesn't rely on offense. You're a defensive-minded team. As much as the you know Lambert's changed that a little bit with mm-hmm. more offense, your bread and butter is your defense, and right. Pellick right now is and the glue that holds, and the, which is part of the defense. Right. And Pellick's the glue that holds this team together. He helps in every facet, and when he's out, you could see the Islanders are ma- a, such a different team. Yeah, it's 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 tough having those guys out, and and it's such a shame with with Barzell finally starting to goal, score goals, yeah. and uh, you know you like again you hope that he gets back out there. Um, I know we we chatted before the show. You wanted to kind of highlight this before we before we bring Ethan on. You wanted to talk a little bit about the dynamic between Oliver Wallstrom and Casey Zizekas, them kind of swapping places on uh, on Barzell's wing. If you want to talk about that a little bit, yeah. So you look at the numbers with Barzell and Wallstrom. They played thirty games together. Nice even number there, and you got some offense, and you got. Pretty strong defense again. That's with Bailey mostly on that line. But there was a major issue with Wallstrom. He, he was not finding open space in, in the offensive zone, and, and Barzal is a puck possessor. What Barzal does so well, and this is why he needs a superstar on his line or someone that could just score the chances that he creates, is that he draws all eyes towards him. All players come towards him. That other player on his line, whether it's the right winger or left winger, mm-hmm. needs to find the open space. And not only that, when the puck comes to him, shoot. No, you can't. Yes. You can't hold it for the love of God. Shoot the puck, and the I, guy's got a shot. And exa- and I think you're seeing Barzal score more goals. And you know, I looked at the stats. I think he's up like 0.2 shots per game with Wallstrom okay. out. But ah, okay. the thing is, is 
without Wallstrom, it's forcing Barzal to now look towards goal. You know, he wants to set up Wallstrom. As much as Wallstrom didn't score every mm-hmm. time he got set up, he's trying to do that. The thing with Sezikis, which has been such a positive, is that Sezikis knows what he has to do. He's, he's creating space immediately. for Barzal. Yeah. Look at that goal against Vancouver. This is the definition of what Wallstrom needs to do if he comes back in and plays, mm-hmm. is Barzal cut in the slot to the strong side with the puck. Mm-hmm. And Sezikis read what Barzal was doing, quickly skid up the ice on the left side. Barzal didn't have to look. Mm-hmm. Fed to Zika, Zika shoots the puck, snipes Martin. It was the definition of what a player has to do with Barzal, and that's what you didn't see enough of with Wallstrom, and that's why you're seeing such a strong game between Tzikas and Barzal. They understand. Zikas understands exactly what he has to do. Mm-hmm. They're scoring goals. Barzal's understanding. Zikas, even the goal that was set up by Belia, it was a snipe. Zikas, as a centerman, it's such a key thing too because Barzal could play the wing. Zikas wins faceoffs. Zikas knows the positional play of a centerman. He picked up a pass in the neutral zone, got the puck up quickly, the Islanders scored. Again, Walsham's still struggling with the positional aspect of mm-hmm. playing in all three zones. That guy sure. is a sniper. Right. Offensive player. He's been much better defensively, which has impacted his offense. Sezikis just has, one, has the speed to keep up with Barzal, but just as an NHL veteran, he knows what he has to do, and it's, and it's worked. And obviously, we didn't see it Friday because Barzal was out. And I don't think it's a, it's not a long-term solution, but right now with so many guys banged up, Sezikis has fit in perfectly, and I assume once if Barzal's back and no one else is healthy... Zikas is going to stay with Barzal. Yeah, he probably will in, in in at least the immediate. But I think we both know, and we'll probably get into this with Ethan, whom we're about to, about to break for. But Casey Zikas is not your ideal wingman no. for, for Matt Barzal. He's not a winger. They, they, <laughs> the ideal wingman for Matt Barzal right now apparently isn't on the team because no. that's that's been a big issue for the squad pretty much ever since he joined. But we got a break for Ethan. I want to thank all you guys for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY and, of course, for tuning in later on your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take that break. When we come back, Ethan Sears of the New York Post will be joining us. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. This is time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. Join us on the program on the line right now from the New York Post is the great Ethan Sears. Ethan, welcome back to the program, man. How you been? I've been good. Thanks so much, uh, Sean and Stefan, for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So listen, right off the bat here, you had an interesting piece on the, in the Post talking about the New York Islanders, their plight right now, and uh, and one Louis Lamarillo. So why don't we start with that? Where it's a perfect time here. We're at the halfway mark, forty-one games to go for the New York Islanders, and basically you singled out Lou, talking about how it's on him with 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 the struggles that they've had. He he voiced confidence in this team in the beginning of the season, saying that you know it's okay, we didn't make any moves, and and basically 
kind of highlighting that maybe that's biting them in the butt a little bit here with uh, with the struggles they've had. So maybe you can kind of just expand on that and uh, chat about Lou Lemerlo's uh, job or lack thereof so far. Yeah, well, I mean, we all had, had talked about it during the offseason, right, when they were linked to a lot of these guys and, and for one reason or another. And to be completely fair to Lou, we don't necessarily know all, all the specifics that went into their lack of moves. Sure. But they made zero changes to the forward group, right? Um, and we all had kind of identified they need someone on Barzal's wing um, and just some kind of extra scoring punch here. And uh, they didn't get that. And now you look at what this team is halfway through the season and, you know, they, they might make the playoffs. They might not. I wouldn't quite count them out just yet, but they don't really look like a Stanley Cup contender. I, I think we can all agree on that. Yes. And one of the biggest reasons why is that they don't quite have an offensive punch. And yeah, the injuries have been part of the reason why. Sure. And um, obviously Matt Barzell getting hurt does not help at all. Right. Um, but this is kind of a one-dimensional offensive team in that so much of what they do comes from the forecheck. Um, and right. when they're able to do that, they do that really, really well, right? Um, and and we've seen that at times where they get aggressive and and it works. But when they don't have that, they're really unable, they don't quite have the skill, um, sans Barzell, to create off of controlled entries, off of controlled breakouts. And I think that's part of why you've seen these struggles on the power play because they need to do stuff there when they're possessing the puck, not trying to get it back. Um, and these problems were all, at least to an extent, kind of predictable over the summer, um, you know, when, right. when these moves weren't happening. So, you know, obviously there's still a trade deadline to go, right? And I, I think yeah. we would all be shocked if they stayed quiet a second year running there but um right. right now the problems that this team has were the problems that a lot of us really thought that they would have over the summer um which is which tells you something right oh yeah for sure i mean listen they've they've struggled enough offensively with barzell in the lineup so when you saw him out friday <laughs> your expectations probably went down a couple of notches right but you know you look at you look at the situation you had a lot to say about Lou Lamarillo and you bring up the power play and how dreadful that's looked lately and and it certainly has a lot to do with the lack of offensive punch maybe you can make an argument that if Paul Mary was around and not hurt it would have helped a little bit sure but at the end of the day it's it's pretty glaring what's going on there and I kind of want to use that to seg into uh, Lane Lambert and what you thought of his performance as a head coach behind the bench through 41 games were all kind of settled into, I suppose, his methods. You've, you've had plenty of press conferences with him now, pre and post. And maybe you can just talk about what you think about Lane Lambert's job uh, so far through the season. Yeah, I mean, I think Lane has done a reasonably fine job. He's he's changed a lot of the way they play and made them you know, more more aggressive offensively. And, and they seem to like that, which, which is good. Um, I think kind of for for the roster he's been given he's he's done a solid job um i think it's pretty hard to to complain about it and and to me the holes are, are more in how the roster is constructed than what lane has has done with it so to speak um you know i guess if you want to argue maybe barry would be better maybe he wouldn't but um mm -hmm. to me this roster is kind of performing more or less to its level right like they're right on the playoff cut line. That's kind of where I thought they would be at the start of the season. So right. um, I, I would say, you know, Lane's doing a, you know, good job. 
maybe not great, but but totally good. <laughs> I'll like, take really, that. You know, yeah. No, like I, I wouldn't have any complaints about him if, if I were a fan of this team. Yeah, I'm Ethan, with you on that. Ethan nailed it on the head. I mean, he's playing with the cards that he's been dealt. He right. doesn't have a deep roster. You know, he has to use players that are underperforming. He, the co-ops have been great, and me and Ethan have talked about it uh, often about these slow starts. And Ethan, I just wanted to ask you. Obviously, this road trip, you know, they get outscored seven to two in first periods, forty-eight to twenty-eight in shots. I mean, abysmal starts. When you, when you're talking to the players. And Lambert, I know they give the cliche answers, but have they said anything about their? Pre- are they changing their preparation at all? Are they just staying true to what they know how to do? Is there any insight on that? Well, I mean, we kind of know that they've played with their preparation just from they they've changed whether or not they're skating in the morning, whether yeah. or not they're practicing the day before, and, yeah. and that's not something that they've told us. It's something that that we see covering the team, right? So from that standpoint. Yeah, they've changed it up. I, I don't know that it's really helped one way or another. Um, but, you know, w- when we've talked to them, it's, it's kind of just been, you know, they don't really know why this is happening, but it keeps happening. And they kind of don't necessarily have, at, at least for us, an answer. Um, I, I would assume that that might be different when they talk internally. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's really kind of incredible that, that 41 games into the season this is it's still a consistent problem that they're coming out in these first periods and getting outplayed the way they are I, I think over the four games of the trip it was like seven to two was was the cumulative yeah. score in first periods which is just not good enough Ethan from your point of view how much does that fall on the coaching staff versus the players now obviously the players on the ice are the guys that are doing the job right and they're getting paid a hell of a lot of money to be ready for the first period to be ready to get out there and they've had some games where they've had certainly not enough but how much of that falls on the coaching staff to kind of get these guys set get these guys straight and say hey guys you know you guys know what you're doing out there what you're not doing out there what get yourselves ready get your asses together and you know let's let's see some fire in the first period here you know you know, I would say it's somewhat equal. Um, if the Islanders had a a younger team, maybe then I would put it more on the coaching staff. But remember, this this is an an old, experienced group that has been in playoff races before, has played important games before. Um, you know, has kind of a, a deep leadership core um, that obviously knows that this is unacceptable, right? Um, so. You know, I, I view it as you know maybe it's part something that that the players are, are doing. Maybe maybe it's part on the coaches. It's it's hard to say, right? When you when you're not, um, you know, behind some of those closed doors. Right. Um, but I I wouldn't throw it all on all on the coaching staff just because you know this is a, a really veteran team that um that doesn't necessarily need to be like harangued into working hard, right? Yeah, going back to working hard, Ethan. I mean. You know, effort's been questioned numerous times throughout the year, especially on this road trip. And you have guys like Parise who, who say it's not effort. But when, you, when you're watching these games, is it just the minor mistakes that are causing this? Or do you think that coming out of the gate, they're, they're just not giving 100%? I, I wouldn't question the effort of, you know, professional athletes, unless it's in a really extraordinary circumstance. Um, you know, these guys, get, they get paid a lot of money and, they're here for a reason, right? Like they, they work hard and, you know, we're in the room after games and they're, they've got sweat coming off them and they're breathing hard. And I don't really see any reason to necessarily go there. Um, but 
Um, I, but but I do think like it's it's quite, it's a little hard to pin down because they are they are getting kind of you know out of the gate in these games. You know, like we've said, it's it's really stark. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know that first period against Edmonton was just awful. Yeah, um, there's no other word for it. And <laughs> and then you know we talked them after a game, and, and Noah Dobson said said to said to me like you know we can't spot them two or three goals every game that's not a way to win and then a night later <laughs> it's three nothing in the first period yeah. um and if you want to say that game was a little bit better just from a game flow perspective for them i guess i would agree but that's kind of damning by faint praise right yeah absolutely ethan and just to to key on this halfway through the season theme here um, who's who's stood out for you as far as pulling their weight for this team? Obviously, a very roller coaster up and down season. But who's who've been the heroes for this this team so far? Maybe maybe after that, you can talk about some guys who maybe aren't pulling their weight the way they should. Obviously, some guys maybe have a little bit of an incomplete with some injuries. It's hard to talk about Paul Mary with how long he's been out. He's been out more than once now. But who stands out to you as the leaders of this team? And I know some of these answers are probably obvious. But maybe you can just chime in and let us know uh, what you've seen from the guys in the ice so far. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, like Sorokin, Barzal, Nelson, uh, Lee, Dobson, I guess would be in that kind of obvious group of of the guys who are, you know, have been really at the top of their game for for basically all year. Um, I, I would also single out Zach Parise. What, what yeah. he's done this year at, at age 38 has been really really impressive to me um you know 12 goals and and he's he plays special teams he's he's been on his game almost every night which is it's really something to see um because last year it took him so long to get going um he kind of struggled through that first part of the season and you know you wondered if maybe if maybe he was nearing the end um you know at, at age 37 and now he's 38 yeah and yeah, and you're wondering like he looks should they so much sign better than to... last year yeah yeah um so you know outside of those obvious four zach zach would probably be be the guy that that i would mention and and maybe a shout out to hudson fashing too who's done a really great job sure. as, as a call up and um maybe has earned himself a spot on on the 23 man roster once the injuries kind of get sorted with parise too i mean i mean ethan knows this after every practice every game Parise sits at his locker and talks to everyone that wants to ask him a question. Huh. And, and he's just, he's a leader. I mean, again, Matt Martin early in the year, you know, I asked him about the leadership and he goes, everyone in the room can speak their mind. They're all leaders. But Parise really, I think, he, I mean, he doesn't take a practice off. He, he goes hard every practice. I mean, this guy is a true professional. And I think, you know, for us in the room, when we want to talk to players after games. Obviously, sometimes the room's empty after losses, but Parise is always there. And I think that's, that's important. Yeah, even even when he wasn't scoring the goals last season, we were always singing his praises just for the effort that he put out yeah. on the ice. The, the nice thing is this year he's being rewarded, and so I'm glad you brought him up, Ethan, and maybe now you can just touch on some guys that uh, maybe aren't pulling their weight as much as they should be this year. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think you would you would probably go to, to some of the other wingers who haven't scored quite, quite as much as, as maybe you would have wanted, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know... Maybe that's a, a Josh Bailey or, or an Anthony Beauvillier a little bit um, where, you know, not not that they've, you know, necessarily been awful or anything like that. I don't sure. want to have that come off as like I'm ripping anybody. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think 
both of those guys probably would tell you that that maybe they they haven't scored quite as much as, as they would want and and you know when we talk about that position as a whole for for the islanders and, and something that they would want to address at the trade deadline that does go a little bit to to the performance of some of the guys who were there and you know if if Beauvillier was, was scoring at a 25 goal rate or right. Bailey was scoring at a 25 goal nice. rate then <laughs> maybe you wouldn't necessarily feel that right. urgency to, to do it um and, and obviously it doesn't help that the Palmieri's out or that uh, Wallstrom's been out for a little bit here. Um, but I think that position in, in general, probably they, they just need a little bit more from. And I know Sean, we were talking before the show and Ethan could probably give more information here too, is that for Dobson season, it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword there. The offense has been there 10 goals. Mm. He's second in the NHL amongst defensemen behind Carlson, but the, the defense hasn't been there. And when, when me and Ethan spoke to uh, Lou over the summer, when mm. they announced the uh, extension for him, you know, Lou said he has to see more defensively, and I don't think we've we've seen that. I, I think especially when, you know, Pellick's been out, you look at a guy like a, a Dobson or just to step up a little bit mm-hmm. defensively, and we, we haven't really seen that. I mean, I think that goal, the Keller Yamamoto goal the other day, mm-hmm. where Dobson's sliding. I mean, there, there's no yeah, reason there's no reason to slide there. And I think necessary. that's that's one obviously that's one play a situation. Sure, you give a pass on that, yeah. But I mean, as someone who's quarterbacking a power play too that's really struggled. Maybe a too too patient at the blue line. A couple. I mean, there's things that Dobson can do a lot better defensively. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. And and Ethan, you alluded to this earlier in the interview, and I think this is what we'll leave off with. Is you talked about being here. You know, well, you talked about earlier in the season your expectation, right? Kind of on the playoff bubble. And you were here, I think, the end of October, and you get, basically said, I don't think you expected them to make the playoffs, but they'd be in the hunt. Has that opinion changed at all? Do you feel a little more confident that they can make the playoffs? Less confidence, or pretty much the same deal? You know, I, I go back and forth on whether I think they'll be in. Um, I pr- I think I lean towards yes because I, I do think it's th- they're a streaky team and and they can get hot here with, with some games at home and I, I I would imagine that they'll probably look to add at the trade deadline and, and that can kind of change the whole picture, right? right. But at the same time, like if, if this homestand goes poorly, I'm I'm not really sure where that leaves them um, because. The position in the standings is—it's not a disaster by any means, but I wouldn't call it advantageous right now with sure. Pittsburgh having ga- games in hand. Um, and you know, the rest of the Metro just kind of keeps on winning, um, yeah. and they have to keep pace. Um, you know, every every one of these games is really important, especially the games at home, especially some of the games that they've dropped against you know the Arizonas and Nashvilles of the world that they should frankly be beating. Um, so I, I think it, I think it'll be really close either way right now. I probably lean towards the playoffs towards in the playoffs towards in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So you have changed but, a little bit, but, but if, I mean, look, if you ask me in a week, I might, you know, <laughs> sure. I, like I said, I've, I've gone, I've gone back and forth a lot. Well, so. I, I think you said it. I mean, this, this January kind of homestand, I mean, they're playing eight out of the next 11 here to, to close out January. So this might be a very critical month for them where look, they've had their struggles. You can, you can make the excuse that they've dropped some of these points on the road. Right. But now they're going to be home and yes, there's still some injuries, but this is where they really got to kind of start you know, hitting hitting the ground here, collecting points, and set themselves up, set themselves up for like what people kind of consider the true second half of the season, right? The All Star Game and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. To me, they, I mean, they can't play themselves into the playoffs in these next 
11 or so games, but they can, they can certainly play themselves out of the playoffs. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Ethan, no question about it. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us and looking forward to next time, man. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, guys. You got yeah. it. All right. Big thanks to Ethan Sears of the New York Post for joining us. Fantastic spot from him. So let's piggyback off of that a little bit, Stefan. Uh, we talked about a couple of guys he was singing praises for, for, for how they performed well during the season. Were there any other names that maybe you wanted to point out? Maybe some guys that deserved a little credit for, for, the, way, for the positive sides of the season so far? Uh, you got to talk about Pajot. I mean, you talk about Parise playing both special teams. Pajot does it. He wins faceoffs. He's healthy. You know, a couple years ago with that hand injury, you didn't know. You know you're not getting the goals from him. Now you're getting the goals. He's getting the points. He, I mean... You teeter on, okay, was, is Nelson the X factor for this team or is Pajot? Because early in the year, you go, okay, it's definitely Pajot. I know. I think last month was the show. I had just read an article about it. Yeah, yeah. How he's just, he's doing it all. And then Nelson really, the assists, he racked up the assists. Nelson's going to hit uh, career high in assists. The goals aren't going to be as much as last year, but he's still, he's do, playing a two-way game there as well. But Pajot, I mean, he's out for mostly every defensive faceoff, and he's been just as critical as anyone on this team. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Pajot's been huge. Uh, you know, he's kind of made up for how awful Barzell's been on the face in the faceoff circle, right? That, what are we at? Thirty. That's got to change. If he's going to keep playing center, that's got to well, change. That's, now, the, that's the thing. If you go out at the deadline, and I know the Islanders reached out to Vancouver about Bo Horvat, which okay. I'm assuming every other team in the league has done. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing um, your due dil- diligence, <laughs> you watch the game that Bo Horvat had against yeah. the Islanders. I know the Canucks lost six two, but right, that guy scores from. Anywhere, he scored two that night. Two goals, one yeah. one timer from the slot, another deflect from the slot. You get a center. Everyone's complaining. You don't need a center. You get a center that wins faces like that, that does everything Casho does. I mean, you move those out of the wings. As far as we out. know, the Isles were pretty damn close to getting Kaji right. They were at least yeah. talking oh, to him. Oh, it was. I so mean, they again. were obviously preparing for that sort of situation. So that doesn't change. If they go and get Bo Horvat, they're going to figure out a way to make changes. And and we've seen it now yeah. with with how they've swapped some things Sezikis. out, bringing Ratu up, moving Sezikis around. Like, I don't know what that what the perfect formula is going to be, but I am sure that if they were to pick up a guy like Bo Horvat, they would figure out a way to work him into the lineup and make it work. He's yeah. gonna he would help the team. You're seeing Sezikis right now play center on that line and Barzal to the wing, and you saw it. You know you saw times during the year where in the third period Lambert would put Nelson at center. Barzal on the wing when they needed a goal. Now, Barzal not being a center, that takes a bit of you know the pressure off him d- defensively. Maybe he's farther out towards the neutral zone rather than all the way deep in the Islander zone, which, again, transitioning. You got Barzal right. spring him off for an odd man rush, whatever the case may be. He'll shoot the puck. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I don't think getting a center, you just got to get quality players here that could finish. It doesn't matter what position they just play. Just like the draft, best player available. Yeah. And you make it work. And you look at Ratu, and I know we'll get to Ratu in a little bit, and fans want to see Ratu play with Barzal. And the same way they wanted to see Wallstrom play with Barzal last year, and then, you know, it trots his line. He, he said, you guys are like McDonald's. You want everything right now, right away. <laughs> and he was he was right. Isn't that Burger King? <laughs> Your way right away, Burger King now? Uh, all I know is fast food. <laughs> this is important stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> Wendy's is the go-to place. The four for four, you can't really beat that. All right, fair enough. They're, they're pretty good in the burgers. Ratu, what he's, what he's shown on the – obviously, he's not a fourth-line player. He's a top-six talent. I yeah, think, eventually. I think, it, I think it's worked out on the fourth line because it makes him just play a simple north-south game. I seen, We saw Trotz do it last year. We see Lambert do it. When players are struggling, you move on the fourth line for a little bit because <laughs> right. it's just a simple game. Yeah. And I think Ratu's shown well. He's played limited minutes. I don't think he's ready to play with a guy like Barzal. I think he no. needs, he's, again – or is he 19, 20? He needs more time yeah, first we'll in the AHL. He'll get, he'll get there. But yeah. again, bringing in a guy, you just need talent around Barzell, whether it's a Timo Meyer, you could get him. I mean, 
It's just talent. Just get That's everyone. It. Get get, get Meyer. Get Horvat. Money. <laughs> Bring them all in. Money's just money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Well, listen. I want to thank everybody once again for tuning into Twitch.tv/HockeyNightNY, and of course, your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take another quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little All Star Game. And we're going to get those clowns over Rangers involved. So get ready, boys. So you're 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 going to be ready this time, right? We were we're born ready, Sean. <laughs> right. That's what I like to hear. So, folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. We're going to take that quick break. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. You're not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or sip a Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Hey there, <laughs> welcome back. We missed you too. Love you, now Jay. Pick up your feet and settle back in to Hockey Night in New York. That's right, folks. Welcome back to the program. You are tuning into twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, on your favorite podcast providers later on, we are back and we're going to talk a little All Star game because one Brock Nelson got elected to the All Star game. It. So, yeah, I think so. I think there's a couple of guys on the Islanders that were probably deserving. And, uh, and also uh, a goaltender over on the New York Strangers that made it, Igor Shosturkin. He got in. That's how you pronounce not sure, it. Not yeah. sure if he, he deserved to get it over Ilya Sorokin, but, I mean, there will be a fan vote. So they, they'll have their say. But um, why don't we talk about that, Stefan? We'll start with you. Uh, how do you feel about the Brock Nelson nomination? I think it's perfect. I mean, this is a guy that never made the All-Star game. You probably go around the league, and if you're not an Islanders fan, you have no idea who he is. And that's, I mean, we see that with a lot of Islanders. But sure. he's real. I mean, this is two years in a row where he's really been yeah. in your X fact. And I think you made it, too, with the, the fan vote. I think that's the biggest thing is... If you did a fan vote, let's say you brought Barzal or Sorokin, mm-hmm. Nelson would not have gotten a vote to get in. You, with Nelson getting, right. getting it, right. Barzal and Sorokin are going to get votes. And I think it wouldn't have been the yes. other way around. Plus, Barzal's been there twice. Sorokin, if he doesn't do it this year, he'll be an all-star eventually. And I mean, the Islanders don't want goalies in the all-star game. The last thing the Islanders right. need is to see right. Sorokin go down. We <laughs> well, we have a little experience from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we go back a long time, but a certain someone had a had a little bit of a hip problem yeah, when he was at the All Star game, and it, 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 that was at the skills competition, right? Yeah, it wasn't. And, and he was hot mic'd and I think you could hear yes. him say he popped his hip. Yeah, yeah. Jesus uh, Christ! They don't call him. I mean, they call him Humpty for a reason, right? So, hey, I'll give the guy credit, man. Oh, he's great. At Even though he, he couldn't now. get out of his own way sometimes with those injuries, like he fully owned it. Right, calling himself Humpty Dumpty and all that. I mean, I give him credit, but I mean, it's a shame because he could have had something of a career if, if he, if he didn't mean, get out of his own way. There's sometimes. a reason he got that contract. He was looking yeah. to be the next Burdorn. Again, injuries are it's, it's very tough. Obviously, fighting yeah. fighting Brent Johnson, <laughs> but the main the smartest thing. <laughs> but the main point is, we don't want Ilya yes. Sorokin getting hurt at the All Star game if he goes. But what I will say, and I mean, this is not up for debate. 
Um, statistics. <laughs> and he looks left to no, the couch. Again, I love it. <laughs> wait, uh, just just to t- so Sturkin and Sorokin, when I look at, at both these guys as a goalie too, it's just incredible to watch these two guys work. The biggest thing that stands out to me is they're, they're both an- good. They're antici- <laughs> but their anticipation is on another planet. We're able to read situations. It is, it's, it's, you know, you have amazing goalies in this league and then you have goalies that are just, when they're on, it's, it's absurd to watch. It's, it's like, it's, it's beautiful, quite frankly. Now you look at Sorokin statistically, mm-hmm. Best goalie in the Metro, just by stats. But when Shesterkin's on his game, too, he, you can't beat him. So, Stefan, let's get your opinion just on the format of the All-Star game real quick. And then we'll toss it over to Ed and Mikey over there in the couch. I want to get your opinion also on the All-Star game. And maybe you can just talk a little bit about, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Old Igor over there. <laughs> and uh, maybe if anybody was snubbed on the Rangers, maybe somebody else you felt was more deserving or should also make it. But, Stefan, we'll start with you there. Well, I mean, you look around the league, and I think the – Biggest standout to me is Bo Horvat didn't didn't get in, and Elias Pettersson didn't. And again, could it be that the NHL went to teams and said, "Listen, yeah, pick a guy that won't get the votes." Because mm-hmm. again, Bo Horvat, if if he's or not who in this, you're willing to send, yeah, because yeah. If, if Bo Horvat's not in this All Star game with what he's done this year, that's, that's yeah, that's crazy. And I, the fan votes cool, but then you could get situations like a John. Again, I think. The players that have been the best in the league deserve to be there. John Scott being in the I'm not even sure. Like, I, I know I'm getting tinfoil hat here a little bit, yeah. but I'm not even sure they honor the fan votes anymore because of that situation. You know what I mean? But <laughs> like, maybe to a point. But they'll, they'll vote in another 12 players, 10 skaters, and two yeah. goalies via fan vote. Again, it's an okay. all-star game. They need to do stuff for the fans. Do they actually count all the hashtag players? No. I mean, unless they're paying someone to sit there and do that. I they might be. That. Yeah, Bet- Bettman's, <laughs> they might count- be. Bettman's the one doing the counting. And... Um, <laughs> No, I mean, again, you have to cater to the fans. That's the whole point of the All-Star game. But there's sure, certain sure. guys that, like, there's no question Bo Horvat should have, I mean, you have to take the best players in the league. It's the whole yeah. point of the All-Star like game. Like Ilya Sorokin. Quite frankly, all, <laughs> quite frankly, All-Star games to me, halfway through the season, don't make sense to me at all. Yeah. I think in every sport, you know, they're All-Stars for half the year. We've seen how, how things, like the Islanders last year, how many people had such bad starts. Right. Such great finishes. Again, you're not going to do an All-Star game at the end of the year. Same way with football. Sure, sure, The sure. best players aren't going to play in it because they don't want to get hurt. But to me, you know, being an All-Star half through the year, that doesn't mean much. If you do it for a full season, yeah, you're an All-Star. So mm. I don't love that idea. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of All-Star games in general, especially when guys like Ovechkin don't go. I think he's going this year, but mm-hmm. they, I mean, every year he doesn't go and gets suspended a game. I think and he I think, doesn't care. He doesn't care. I mean, yeah. do, would he you care? care? No. Exactly. No, I so, I, I mean, they want the break. They want <laughs> right. the break off. And I think, again, All-Stars are a bit overrated. You don't want to see players get hurt, too. But, again, you got to cater to the fans. And I get why they do so much with the fan voting now. And we'll see who gets in. But you'll get, you're get you going to get situations like like a John Scott. Like Shane Wright can make the All-Star game, hypothetically. Why not? Yeah. I mean, why, why not? not? Ross Johnson can make it. But let's pitch it over to the couch. Ed, Mike, let's get you involved here. What do you think about Shesterkin's uh, nomination into the All-Star game? And just, uh, I think you guys also have some strong opinions about the format as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll start off with uh, Shesterkin. I think, actually, last year, I think Shesterkin kind of got snubbed not getting into 100%. the not getting into the game, um, which is actually an interesting point you bring up, is that maybe they go to the teams and ask, like, do you want to send so-and-so to the game? And last year, maybe they didn't want to ruin Shesterkin's flow. I mean, I think that's a big mm. thing. This year, Shesterkin had a slow start. He's starting to come around right now. So now that you guys are talking about it, I'm a little nervous that it might <laughs> might ruin his I love flow it. a little bit. I mean, I don't want him to get hurt, but I love that you, well, you got some I, nerves about it. I'm not even talking it. about getting hurt. I mean, getting putting getting going into bad habits, like just playing in a type of game like that where the team isn't or the teams aren't playing at full speed. Mm-hmm. Like that might put the goalies into bad habits and mm. the shootout and stuff. And it's a different case. Um, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of the 
all-star game right now. I don't know. Okay. I feel like it used to mean something back then. Now it's like all fan base and stuff like that. So it's like, do you really want to be a part of the yeah. game? Like the biggest thing too is is the f- it's the fans. You know, Toronto fan base is huge. They're gonna win votes just because of their size. Like the Islander fans, they're a great bunch of people, but they're small compared to other groups where they they can vote someone in, but they're not. That player, so whoever it is. I'll start by saying I don't give a crap about the All Star Game. You know, like, look, it's fanfare. Like, that's fine. Like, everybody have fun. I hope that it comes to Belmont. Like, let's get it at UBS because right. the right. Islanders haven't hosted a goddamn thing in decades. So that'll be fun. I'd love to see you know all the media coming in and you know getting getting uh, you know all the stars of the league. That would be fantastic. I would be there first in line. But just generally speaking, I don't give a shit about the All Star Game. And and just like the format of it is kind of silly because is it really an all star game where you can pick and choose which guys go? It's not really stats based. It's really not. I mean, we just pointed out some prime examples here. Like, and this is you can call this homerism and bias, but just look, looking straight at the numbers, Ilya Sorokin obviously should have been a choice here for a goaltender, right? He's the best Metro goalie statistically. I mean, he, he is last year too. He yeah. is currently the most valuable player on the New York Islanders. By you far, can make a far. case for Nelson. You can make a case for Barzell, but he's absolutely the most valuable player on the team, and he'll probably get voted in. Or, or put on the team. They do some like kind of like uh, after the vote, they add a like guy or two here and there too. So they People might are gonna, do that. The goalies are, are weird. Leave. The goalie yeah. situation's weird too. But like you talk about Bo Horvat not getting in, right? And I'm sure there's you know if you went down the league, I'm not keeping tabs on all these guys, but I'm sure if you go into other divisions and you look at some of the stats out there and and the way some of these guys have been playing, they probably got snubbed if you want to call it that. And it's just not it's not true to form. Look at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's 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 some fun. like I I actually enjoy the skills competition yeah, more than much the game better. itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean a three on three tournament, cool, fun, whatever. They're not you know they're scoring eleven goals you know in each game and it is what it is. I I don't know how to I don't I'm not here to tell you how to fix it. I don't know what the answer is. So I guess they're doing something. They're they're doing the best. That's fine. But I just um I'm not that interested in it. I'm I'm, I'm maybe a little less interested in the Winter Classic than I am the oh, All Star Game. This Winter Classic, I feel like they didn't advertise it at all. One, it wasn't on the first, which because they don't want to compete with football. But two, like. Did you have any idea? <laughs> Bada and I talked about it last week. I thought it was on the first and ended up being on the second. I didn't. I thought it was on the wrong day. Yeah. And you know, we we don't have to get into this again at all. But like we talked about, how they keep recycling the same teams. Uh, these gentlemen over here are lucky enough that their team is one of those teams. Undefeated. <laughs> oh, good for you, bud. Yeah. So how many have been in so far? Eight. Uh, <laughs> well, two official ones, and then the two stadiums. Oh, right, at, at right. Yankee Stadium. Right, the, right. But those were the same weekend, so that they just played the Islanders. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really. That's count. As, that's as far as the Devils and Islanders are going to get. I mean, the Rangers had good games too, and outdoor games. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, that's what you want if they're going to host that the Philly same game teams, was good. I was going to say the Philly. Yeah, game. that when was a good game. When you see the same teams, you, you just hope it's it's good games. Well, yeah. I heard Bergeron was in his eighth. I think they said that was his eighth one. Like that's a lot. The yeah, Bru- the Bruins I mean, it's, get it's featured ridiculous. quite a bit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But just back to the All Star Game. Uh, look, I know that they're they're working with with different numbers here because it's three on three. But if there was any other Ranger or two that you'd say deserves a shot in there, who is it? Definitely Mika. The way Mika's been playing all year. Okay, uh, I don't think uh, Zibanejad definitely deserves a spot on that team for sure. Okay, and okay. I'll go with uh, Adam Fox without a doubt. Uh, okay. He's another guy. He kind of had a slow start along with the rest of the Rangers, um, but he's right back up there in the Norris conversation lately. I don't know the exact stats, but he's putting up at least a point per game. I want to say the last like 15, 20 games. So he's just lights out. Um, just seeing that guy play live. If they're worried about the fans and they want to put the best guys or the most skilled guys in the all-star game, the skills competition, you got to put a guy like Adam Fox in there. Well, Things he we'll does see. with the puck, it's just <laughs> it's crazy. And I think, too, they should do like good story 
get people in there that maybe, you know, going to the year were maybe not going to be in the league, and then they mm. somehow, like, to Jimmy me, like, I was just going to say, <laughs> wow, Jimmy Vesey. Yeah, what a resurgence say, for that guy. No, but huh? I was just going to say that I'm thinking of a guy like Jimmy Vesey. This guy, you know, drafted by the Rangers. Uh, excuse me, he signed, right? Well, he, he was one of those guys that yeah. the Rangers always yeah. get with yeah. the free agent. That's the right. Boys, yeah. you know? The Hobie Baker winners. Yeah, the Hobie <laughs> Baker winners that they turn down, the Flames or whoever decides to draft them. Yeah, yeah. it was and one it, of those. It doesn't work out for Nice him. Harvard boy. Nice Harvard boy. He bounces around. And now he comes back to the Rangers, has a great year, gets an extension. I mean, yeah. it's cool to have storyline guys get in that you maybe didn't yeah. see. Yeah. That'd sure. be cool. It's That'd fun. Cool. It's the league's got to do it. You know, whatever it is, it's, the guys get the, the players get a little bit of a break, right? They usually get a couple of days off in and around it. That's kind of like a mandated thing now with the uh, yeah. CBA and the NHLPA. So who knows? Maybe that's a, if the Islanders are still in it, maybe that's a break that maybe they'll they, be able to use. When they did the draft, when they made the players pick. And Phil Kessel got picked that last. That was cool. Well, that I was mean, fun. Phil, I mean, like, we all wanted to see what was going to happen there, right? Yeah. Like, we all probably yeah. tune into that. Like, no, that I, was cool. I, the draft was a cool idea. I mean, I don't know why they got rid of that. I mean, maybe the right. players didn't like it. Or, yeah. You know, it was, I mean... Yeah, was maybe all, like dead time involved, you know. So yeah, it was a little odd, but but it was the different. Players were just in the back getting drunk. So by the end of it, <laughs> yeah, they were all right. Like, players getting drunk. Kessel yeah, but see, that's more entertaining than than anything else, right? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. It's it's yeah. it's never going to be perfect. and never going to make everybody happy. But there you go. Brock Nelson is going to be an all star. Good for him. He's definitely earned it. And uh, maybe we'll see Sorokin and perhaps Matt Barzal. I don't know if the Islanders are going to get three guys, but I, I also think it's send Barzal if he's banged up. I also think it's silly that they send like seven guys from the from the team that's hosting it. You know, like they yeah, always, they do, always that. do that. Like they flood the team with like. I mean, okay, maybe an extra guy or two, but like probably the 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 third or fourth guy they're throwing in there doesn't deserve it over a couple of guys in the division. And Florida you know I mean? hasn't been a great team this year. No, they haven't. I mean, this is a team where you... Well, look, they probably had much higher expectations for Florida. They'd be like, oh, okay, no problem. They get Bobrovsky in there. They get Sasha in there. You know, like all those guys. Yeah, but didn't work out. But that's that's our our spiel on the All-Star game. Fellas, thanks for for joining in there. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and and who knows? Maybe there'll be a question for you later. And uh, maybe (laughs) not, but either way. Bring them on. Bring them on. All right, so let's move on to the next segment. Ed, why don't you cue us in to what's on tap? What's on tap? I love that. You yeah. don't have we don't have a button Muscle. anymore. I know we will we will, but I like that improv intro. That was that's, beautiful. That's yeah, very nice. Yeah. Thank you. So so, <laughs> we're going into the start of what will be a five game homestand for the New York Islanders. As we said before, they're going to play eight out of their next eleven at home, which is huge for them. And that's going to start on Tuesday versus Dallas. Then Thursday, the Minnesota Wild come to town, and then on Saturday. The Montreal Canadiens will be playing at UBS Arena. So you look at those three teams, Stefan. What do you see? Oh, here again. (laughs) What do I see? I I see points that they got to get. Yeah, okay. Okay. Things change, obviously, in a season, and you look at one game at a time. But after this disastrous road trip, one, you got to steal a game. You know, sure. da- and Dallas is a team that can light the lamp. We saw they played them. So and, can Minnesota. So can Minnesota. Yeah. You got, you ha- if you lose to Montreal, that's a, like losing to a, an Arizona. Just that can close happen. it up. It just, close up it's shot. one of those things that, yeah, yeah. It, it can happen. But, again, the, playing at home is – I know I think uh, Ethan had it in his article, or Andrew Gross might have had it in his article about talking to players, and they're excited to get home. You know, especially mm. after a, a bad road trip, you want to be in front of your fans. The Islanders are 7-0-0 when scoring first on home ice. They should try to score first. I think I think that you know you score <laughs> more goals than the opponent. It usually yeah. works out. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is going to be you can't get off to the slow starts at home. It just can't yeah. happen. You have to come out in front of your fans base who are going to be excited to have you back. It's been it was like eight months yeah. since they've been home. Yeah, and again, I you, miss them. You gotta not even you gotta score first. You just got to play your brand of hockey. Again, we talked about it. The Islanders get on the these teams are fast. I mean, 
Minnesota, you have Kaprizov fast. Montreal, as much as they struggle, fast. Dallas have guys that can absolutely fly. The only way the Islanders can slow these teams down is by forechecking early. It limits every other team's transition game, lets them play their game. Once they don't do that early, the other team's flying, they're done. They're done because yeah. they're, they're not a fast team, and that's what Lane said all the time. we got to get to the forecheck. We've got to get to the forecheck. Right. If they don't, these all these teams, wherever they are in the standings, you give them the opportunity to move and get the puck out and transition, you're going to have a really hard time. It'll also be helpful if these teams start their starting goalies, their number one goalies, because if they play the backups, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> Again, just if whatever whoever the Islanders are going to face, you just they just have to get shots early. Again, like I said before, as a goalie, is one thing is when I, whenever I'm struggling, you know, I, I want to face a lot of shots early, but you don't want to face a lot of high danger shots early. Yes, it could boost your confidence to make those saves, but if you allow a couple of goals early, your confidence is gone. Now the outside shots, goalies get into rhythms. We see that happen again. Back to Lankin and thing. Lankin is not a strong goalie. Right, he faced a lot of shots earlier that weren't high danger. Got into a rhythm, and then it's very... Once a goalie's in a rhythm, these guys are NHL-level guys. Mm. They're just going to find a way to stay compact mentally and, and shut you down. And I think the Islanders just have to find a way. To, crashing the net's the biggest thing. These goalies are too good. You take away their eyes, you have, a, you have a high chance. That's how you have to score in this league, and the Islanders don't do that enough. And again, got to do that early. You can't wait to the third period to do that. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, if they come out slow-footed against Dallas They're on done. Tuesday, I just don't... Like, they have to know that they have to come out guns blazing. But you would think that after of course. one game after another, that would have changed. The thing is, when Ethan brought it up earlier, is that them saying, I don't know what the issue is, maybe it's cliche, they bring up, you know, there's a multiple reasons for why things yeah. are going wrong. But at some point, the team, the, the leadership, all those guys, Lambert, I don't know who has to say something, but it's got to stop. Because, especially, let's say the Islanders do make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. You come out slow in the playoffs, you're in big trouble because, you know, in the playoffs, everyone tightens up defensively. Yeah. If you don't and you allow a couple of goals early in the, in the playoffs, yeah, th- there is a very low chance that you're coming back yeah. in those well, games. Well, hopefully that's a conversation we'll be having yeah. when we get to April. But but right now they, they have a lot of work to do with half of the season to go. But that's what's on tap, folks. couple of tough opponents in Dallas and Minnesota. A game that they should win against Montreal if they're doing the right thing. So we'll see what happens. But all big points now because it was emphasized by yourself and by Ethan earlier. I mean, it's so tight in the Metro, let alone the Eastern Conference. Hey, don't sleep on Buffalo. You cannot. Tage Thompson, by the way, did the MVP chance the other day. Oh, my God. he's He's been out out of this world and they have like four games in hand on the Islanders and if and let's just say they won those out they'd be up like two four or four points, points. Back right now? yeah they're right there this is the Can't first count time Buffalo I out. in my lifetime that they've started because again Buffalo did their usual thing this year they right started, started really hot strong and you know okay they're right. not keeping it up they didn't they fell and off now, and they, what, they lose like eight or ten in a row Tage Thompson has taken that team on his back and and Ross Mustalian he's but been playing great you also have too. to credit Kyle Oposo Sure. the C for the Captain first time Kyle. in his yeah. career. Yeah. After the injuries that he had, he stepped up last year. Yeah, he played yeah. a party. He had a hat trick the other day. I mean, again, leadership for that team yeah. is so critical because, yes, you had Eichel there. You, but you didn't You didn't have a leadership group. And Anderson as, and goal, too. I mean, leadership. As long as the Islanders work their way further up the standings, like, I'm totally cool with Buffalo taking the Rangers spot in the playoffs. That would be great. That would be fine. Yeah, let's ask the guys in the cast. That's fine. I'd be rooting for them for that, but that's about well, it. I don't know about that. <laughs> but Tate Thompson, I mean, if Buffalo makes it, the heart. I mean, if you got to go to Tate, he's in the conversation. Tate Thompson obviously the is the son of Islanders. Brent NHL Thompson, Brent yeah, Thompson, so he yeah. could develop him. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that'll do it for what's on tap, Edzo. Why don't we move right on to hero of the week? There you are, right on cue, bud. 
So when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Poke Check, featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss and American lettuce and tomato, and mayo on a hero. Stop in to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels flagship location in Huntington, mention Hockey Night New York, and get half off the Poke Check. So I'm going to start here with my hero choice, and I was going to go one way, then I decided to go another. A little pivot. Yeah, a little pivot, if you will. And uh, I pivoted to Atu Ratu. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, but the guy got 6 minutes and 15 seconds (laughs) against the Canucks, and he managed to score a goal. And that's kind of what his game's been. You talked about him earlier earlier in the show, and obviously they're, they're shielding him a lot here, coming up from Bridgeport, not giving him a lot of ice time, but what he's done with that ice time has been pretty impressive. And he's shown that he can be a goal scorer in the NHL. He's only got two. Don't want to get ahead of myself here. Two but like 18 minutes. No, it's like <laughs> right, two goals. Yeah. Like his, his goals per 60 must be outstanding. Oh, it's got to be top of the league. <laughs> right. yeah. But look, he's looked good. I don't think we're ready to see him full time yet. It's nice that he's he's showing some flashes that I think Islander fans are crossing their fingers for. You know, filling in for some injured guys. He's looked good. You know, look. They dropped two out of three games here. Not a lot of guys to choose from. Pajot had a pretty good game against Vancouver. That's the initial guy I was going to go with. But look, I think that he's looked good. He's saying all the right things. He's just happy to be there. He's not upset about the lack of ice time. He's he's enjoying the experience. And he's a guy who may end up being a real gem for for a farm team that lets a uh, farm club that let's face it we we thought was going to be pretty pretty barren so that he might help them out. You know, if they don't trade him away for for Bo Horvat. I mean, Bridgeport <laughs> right now has lost ten straight. Um, they're struggling, but again, they they've lost players injuries too. But with Ratu too is not just the offense. I mean, he's the biggest thing for me is how responsible he is defensively. Like like Holmstrom when he came up, these guys are coming up wise beyond their years defensively. And I think that's the talking about Martin and Parise. That's the hardest thing to do as a forward coming into the league is playing defensive the defensive game. And those guys already have that advantage. So Ratu, great option. Again, the goal that he scored it could have been a you know a tap in backdoor pass, but. He showed patience. They were both snipes. Yeah, but, they were both nice it's, goals. It's the fact that he read the situation knowing Martin was going to... It was against Vancouver, right? The, yeah, Vancouver yeah. was the most recent goal. So yeah, he, yeah. Knew, he knew Martin was going to slide over the goalie, Spencer Martin. And, and Johnston he, gave him a nice that, pass. That's a, great, that's a great play all around. Sure. But it's just, again, Ratu understanding, okay, the goalie... I mean, another rookie might just shoot that right at Martin who slides. Right, yeah, right away. Like, all right, let me get he this waits, off my stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blocker side's available and, mm-hmm. and shoots that. It's just, it's just smart. Very right. smart, yeah. Patient, yeah, for sure. So... That's my hero, Atu Ratu. Now, Stefan, who is your hero? So I didn't pick a player. I picked is that a, right? I picked a day of the week. Is that right? Yeah, Saturday. You really? Know, you know why? <laughs> Tell us. Because I meant the end of the road trip, because the first <laughs> couple of days of that trip were tough. So Saturday is your Islanders hero of the week on my end, just because, again, they needed to come home. They needed to mentally get out of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Quickly. get healthy. Yeah. I mean, they've been off for two days. They're skating Monday morning, which obviously they'll do that. They'll okay. play two, but, I mean, Saturday is the winner for me, yeah. I, th- I think that's a great choice. I think Saturday is proud. <laughs> I think they're happy to, to get the award here. I mean, fresh start for Saturday in 2023, huh? <laughs> Hero yeah, of the week a, from, from Stefan Rosner. Good stuff. So there you go, folks. Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu and uh, Sabado, <laughs> otherwise known as Saturday. <laughs> get your nominations for Hero of the Week. We'll see who the official is tomorrow morning when we push it. But remember, folks, stop in to Blue Line Deli and Bagels flagship location in Huntington 719 West Jericho Turnpike. Mention Hockey Night in New York. Get half off the poke check. Now, Eddie, let's go to Questions Brewing. It's time for Questions Brewing. Brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. 
All right, folks, it's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. Eddie, how you guys doing back there? How's Jay? How's Jay doing? Quiet as usual. Yeah, yeah, he likes to, he doesn't like the spotlight. I caught a glimpse of Jay earlier. Is that I, right? I changed he, the camera when he was We're going to have to edit that out. That. Oh, good, I'm he glad. you did that on purpose. I, I might have, I might have, but but he looks, he's smiling, looks happy to be here. It reminds me of Kramer right. from uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the, I could just see the motions and stuff. I think he's like, going to fall off the chair. I love that. I, I don't know how he feels about it, but I love it. I'm on a Seinfeld binge right now. I never watched the show, and I'm just... Right, that came out like 50 years before you, you were born, right? A Kramer comparison is probably not I'm impressed good. that you even know who Kramer is and what Seinfeld well, is, honestly. I am six. So. <laughs> you look it. <laughs> All right, Eddie, what do you got here? Questions brewing. Well, I have a question for you. Is that sure. a new figure behind your right shoulder? Oh, my God. Yes, it is. You're talking about this little Funko Pop guy yeah. right there? Who's that guy? That's uh, that's made by a friend of ours. His name is Matty O, and he runs a nice little shop here. He's like the 40-year-old virgin. You know, oh, okay. he likes to custom paint, you know, figurines and, 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 you know, whatnot. And he does the Todd McFarlane's. He does the Funko Pops here. So here, check this guy out. Pretty handsome. I think he modeled him after a very certain someone, but he's got the Hockey Night in New York got logo. The yeah. He's got the same head. Yes, yeah. it's gigantic. <laughs> Good call there. See, Stefan's got some quips, too. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, he looks good back there, right? Yeah. I mean, I just caught my eye all, all night. Yeah, so like, who is that guy? So if you if you're interested, you can get your own Funkos done. Check out Custom Hockey Sticks on Etsy. That's where the shop is. And then check out Custom Sports Funkos on Instagram. You can hit them up over there. Uh, I'll give you a quote, but they he obviously, as you can see, they do a great job over there with these custom Funkos, and you can get a, a giant head like me, um, you know, over at the shop. So yeah, check it out. Nice little addition. To the backsplash there. Yeah. So, so Ed, great question. Let's get yeah. into the chat. How are we doing in the chat today? We're doing great. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off for our Rangers guest here. Rangers Damn podcast. Damn it! I was hoping yeah. you ignored them. All right, no, fair enough. No. What do you this got? Is a fair question. It's uh, okay. T Boyle thirteen says, uh, "Are the Rangers ready to acquire a backup before the deadline?" Huh. Backup goalie, I'm assuming that means? Um, potentially. I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> a backup designated hitter. Yeah, Do you guys need someone? That I, <laughs> if, uh, if I got this question about a month ago, I would say yes. But as of late, I think Halak has definitely stepped it up. I think he's on a three- or four-game win streak at this point. And uh, I think he's like all of his stats are even much lower than they were at the beginning of the year. So to me, I think they're all set. I mean, I think they have uh, other areas to focus on. Okay, yeah. there you go. I would say, I mean, most when you have a guy like Shesterkin, Stefan, like, they didn't ask you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> on. On. Next question. <laughs> this one you can answer. Uh, Mike forty six fifty two co says, "Will the Isles let Ratu go over his ten game limit to burn ah, a year?" There of we his go, Stefan. Say perfect question. Put up on a tee for you. I yeah, told really? you. Did you pay that guy to ask that question? I was thinking. I, about I didn't. Know. He's, he, Mike just knows, man. So. They should not, and I'll explain quickly why. He's on his ELC, but hasn't kicked in yet. So he signed it in the 2021, the summer of 2021, and because he didn't play that season upcoming, it's called an ELC slide, which means if you don't play 10 games that year, correct, your ELC doesn't start yet. Now, right. he's playing this year, but if he doesn't play the 10 games, which again, we just agreed that he's maybe not NHL ready to play every day when right. injured players come back. They're not going to need him. He should play every big top six minutes in the minors. Yeah, if he's going to keep playing six to eight exactly. minutes, why even burn the, the gonna, year to begin if with? If they were going to use him, and we'll see if Barzal is healthy and how that, that might impact their decision. Good, yeah, good point. But rather him go down, you've got like Otto Cavula, who's playing pretty well down there right now. If you need a mm. fourth-line center fill-in, sure. you can go to him. And if he doesn't play the 10 games this year, that moves, that again, another ELC slide. This will be the last year of that. But that means you have 
Ratu five years control on his entry-level contract, especially when you have a, a veteran team with every centerman besides Barzal is over 30. That's, that's going to pay off. We saw it with Dobson. You know, Lamarillo did the same thing with Dobson. Dobson didn't play after being drafted. He went back to juniors, which, again, an EL uh, entry-level contract slide. Then he played the next year. When You could question, was he ready to do that? He could have gone to the AHL and played. He didn't. But that's just controlling these guys of players. I mean, you could essentially, with all the RFA signings, you could have Dobson now under a team-friendly contract for 10 years before he becomes a UFA. I mean, that's critical. And that's where Lou's really, you know, been strong is reten- player retention. We see with Pelic. With Pulak, all these guys where he holds Barzal even with the bridge deals before this big contract is you're holding these guys under retention where they're not UFAs yet, and that's that's critical in the salary cap world. Yeah, no question about it. Nice job, Steph. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we got a very interesting question here. Love those. Love this one, MJ Beckman. By percentage, how do we divide the share of all the blame among the following: Lou, <laughs> Lane, <laughs> players, and ownership? Stefan, did you bring your calculator? <laughs> I'm not good at math, Sean. Um, most of the five. Blame, yeah. <laughs> the answer is five. <laughs> most of the blame has to be on Lou because he's the one making the decisions with the roster. I think that's that's fair to okay, say. Yeah. Again, it starts at the top, as they start, say. It starts at the top. Okay. You know, he banked on this team bouncing back, and there's a couple of guys that have. I mean, look at Parise. Yeah. Bounced back. Pajot. Barzal's picked it up. Palmieri before he got Pajot, hurt. Pajot, Palmieri, yeah. Yep. You have guys doing that. You have a couple guys that haven't, where that's where Lou looks bad. Right. But this team has, I mean, since the John Tavares days, this team has not had a winger, a talented winger for their superstar or star, however you want to classify Barzal. Stefan, I know you weren't around, but that's since the Alexi Yashin days. They yeah. haven't had a top flight winner. Maybe you could say Miro Shatan for like five minutes, but outside of him, they've this has been like a, a storyline for decades. It's a broken record. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this year especially, if they're going to be in close to the playoffs, there's no question you have to try. I'm not saying they're going to get a guy. I mean, it's a two-way street with trades. Right. You know, the owners don't have a, a ridiculous farm system or you know the prospects that other teams have to get top quality players, and that's going to hurt them. Um, but it, it starts at the top. Again, Lambert, is really doing what he can. You right. know, the fact that he, again, Ross Johnson, great guy. He has his roles, but there are games where, you know, you shouldn't have to, there should be more there than just having to put Ross Johnson because every time Johnston plays, I mean, it's been a habit. He's taken out of the rotation before the third period starts. Yeah. He's shorting the bench. Yeah. And again, that's not, Lane's doing what he can, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's because of Lou not giving him enough players. And then it comes down to players. Yes. The leadership, you need players to come through in big moments, but I think it starts with Lou. And again, did he have a gripe to you know to bounce back with this team? Yeah, last year the COVID riddle season. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to judge this team. And, and again, how much can you judge this first half with how many injuries they've been dealt? Yes, the call-ups have been great. Mm-hmm. It's not as crazy as it was last year, but you lost key players, and there's no mm-hmm. statistical thing to look at. You know, you can have games lost for injuries, sure, but Pelic's not the same as losing a fourth line grinder. You can't you <laughs> yes. can't compare them. Right. So I think you know there's blame to go around, but it does start at the top. Yeah, I agree, and you know, I don't know how to throw numbers and percentages to these guys or yeah. whatnot, but but yeah, I mean, I think Lou definitely has to accept his share of the blame because, I mean, I think pretty much, you know, whether it's everybody in Islander country or everybody around the league, if they were looking at this team, it was like, okay, they need scoring, they need a winger, and funny enough, they have scored more, but they're still finding ways to lose. But their defense has masked a lot of the forward struggles. The sure. defense has the most amount of goals. But, right. And again, that's key. You need your... I mean, look at that Lightning are the perfect example, especially when the Islanders played them in the playoffs. Right. How many times did Hedman and Sergich have burned the Islanders? I mean, that's... Right. You see those those really good teams get scoring from their defense, and the Islanders needed that. But right. they need 
forwards, other forwards to pull their weight. No, they do. And, and, and hopefully that's look, we have to see where they are as the deadline approaches. If, if they're in the mix, if it, if it looks like it's worth it, then yeah, pull the trigger, add a guy to this mix. If you can two to tango, all that and the assets, Chris and I talked about this last week, but, but yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, it does rest on the players on the ice, but you know, there's something to be said about who's available, available to be put on the ice by Lou and, and how Lambert, you know, uses that mix and, and finds the right formula. So I think you can definitely spread the spread the blame around, and I think that all parties are involved, you know, because oh, you have some got, guys yeah. that that they look out to lunch some nights, you know, and 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 you know, so we talked about it. Ethan said it before. The, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. They're putting the effort out there. You know, it's not that anybody's really dogging it, but but sometimes maybe they're just not in the right mental space, and you know, you have missed assignments on the back end, and again, you have some young guys there that are still coming their way, and and even though we've kind of already like hard stapled Romanov to the top four of this team, playing next to to Dobson he's still a young guy too 22 right he's still finding his way as well and I think ultimately he's going to be a big part of this team and he's going to be a good top four defenseman I, I really like what I've seen out of him despite some of the bumps and bruises along the way but this team still kind of needs more they still need to to bring a full effort every night I mean I could definitely count on half a hand how many 60 minute efforts I've seen out of this team it, it hasn't been a lot they've what's won a, a, what's a half a hand yeah two and a half oh, right so like okay. so you know, like right here <laughs> yeah, okay, just, <laughs> there you go for those watching oh. yeah we needed a number at yeah, that. yeah yeah we yeah. needed a conclusion like a right definitive yeah percentage number yeah I, I, I mean I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say 100% blame on the Islanders I think you could agree with yeah that. Wow. I love that a hunch yeah. Stefan jumping Damn. in here yeah I'm gonna get I think I think with with all the uh the word salad we just put into that answer is enough so I think what we yeah. can move on from there so Ed what do you got next uh for the gentleman on the couch our esteemed guests Damn um, it. why are you giving him so much attention but this is a, this is a better one than the last <laughs> those one. ugly hats <laughs> very well made though <laughs> they are nice. they are nice. Uh, did the Rangers choke versus the Devils yesterday bother you more than the choke versus the Islanders at MSG I like this earlier this season? <laughs> Which felt worse? <laughs> By Trotty A19. Love that. Way to go, Trots. I mean, right off the bat for me, I was at that Islander game, so I'm going to say it did not sting as bad because I wasn't live for it. I didn't have to take that hour-long train ride home afterwards. I was on my couch after the game ended, so... It's a little different, um, but I'd say at this point in the season, it definitely hurts, and I was saying to you gentlemen before that I think, honestly, I hate the Devils more than I hate the Islanders right now, so okay, I think it did sting a little bit, especially the Jack Hughes versus Kako uh, rivalry going on right now. Laffy's not performing right now, so there's a lot of like outside, whatever you want to call it, influences. Okay. Um, so I'd say, yeah, right now I go with the Devils, but as a live experience, the Islanders was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I got to agree. A little more uh, recency bias. Obviously, we just lost to the Devils, and last time we played the Islanders, we won 5-3 to remind the uh, Oh, listeners. my God. I don't remember that. I blacked but, uh, that out. Uh, Jed called it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, low. So that was That's really tough. low. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, next. with that beautiful hat in your head, what else next. you got? Yeah. Um, Coach Lambert up next. <laughs> okay. Uh, given the stresses of the job, can we all take a moment to appreciate Lane's game day lid before it all turns white and falls out in clumps? <laughs> All he's missing is the Keenan stash circa 1994. Now I needed help with that one. Okay, I yeah, I get the Keenan stash and all that. I, I guess he's just talking about how how stressed stressful his job is, kind of coaching this team and the struggles that they've had. Um, I don't even know how to address that question. Yeah, <laughs> was, I, I wanted to throw it out there. Is there a question? Yeah, there was. We we. Apparently, we all needed to just take a moment. Can we all take? Oh, a just moment to acknowledge, to just to acknowledge well, and appreciate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lane's he trying his best. I didn't see it personally. He's um, 
he's in a in a tough situation first yeah. year as a head coach on a team you know that's struggling a, a lot mm -hmm. more than you know he's been around trots he's learned from one sure. of the best to ever do it right this is his first time really as an it is his first time as an nhl head coach and he's you know he doesn't speak a lot in the media he doesn't give us a lot of information which obviously by design but you could see the frustration after games i mean he'll talk to us and then walk out and you just could see how much it's it's weighing on him now i haven't seen any gray hairs as much yet coming out of his not head. yet and honestly he's got like a nine out That's of ten nice flow, too yeah. i mean the hair is, is fantastic the flow is great it's funny because you see him at practice and it's like it's just kind of floppy there no product but then you get to game time <laughs> oh, he is coming off the and ring. he's got plenty of product <laughs> and he looks great he kind of looks like a, a pat riley of the the 90s when he was coaching the knicks if, i don't know if you know who he was <laughs> Really Back to the stash, though. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he can't legally grow one under Lou. So that's right. It's yeah. not allowed. Yeah. yeah oh, they, so the Keenan stash not isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. They're that's even right. more strict with the Yankees. All right. Well, well uh, the Yankees allowed the stash. Yeah. 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 Lou strict. Yeah. Yeah. He runs a tight ship. But I guess they also they got long hair too, right? Some players, no. I don't know. I don't, you can't, I don't watch it's, baseball it's like anymore. The Are you talking no, about the Yankees? Hockey. They, yeah, they can't. Oh, no long hair. Yeah. yeah Romanov yeah. had to cut it twice, I think. Like, he cut it once, and Lou was like, not good enough. And I, he got I heard it a again. story. I'm not sure where I heard it from. It was it was about Sorokin, and his beard was getting a little long. He ran into Lou, and Lou's like, He can't grow a beard. Did, yes, did you see him in the KHL? No, I didn't. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, apparently, fair he enough. had it a little long, and Lou okay. came up to him and said, You're, you're going to cut that. Ah, okay. And yeah, you know, it's strict. I know a couple people that work. For the Islanders, where where Lou's come up to him like workers and they're uh, like, "You're gonna cut that, right?" Okay, yeah, well, so, you know, Lou's steering the ship. Right. Well, well right, people Ed. love to play for him. So. Sounds like our Shamanad day, Sean. Oh God, you had to bring that up. I'm gonna, <laughs> gee, I'm not gonna sleep tonight now. <laughs> Jeez, but yes, you're right. Yes, it was basically run by the uh, the Lou Lamarillo Brotherhood yeah. <laughs> over there at Shamanad. That's true. Good point. All right, Ed, you got yeah. anything else for us? Uh, T Boyle thirteen asks. Okay, do you see Bavillier getting moved before the deadline? That's interesting because I don't know if you want to kick. Tell it us why, Stefan. Oh, okay. I'll tell you why. If you don't, okay. Um, is his value has gone down and down and down over the last sure couple has. Of years, and I think that time to if they were going to move him, it would have been this past summer, just because okay. cap situation. The Islanders needed to clear cap to yeah, get yeah. A, a guy like Kadri. Four point one two five. Four point one two five mil. No, no, no. Well done. Yeah. Okay. That's very good. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. and he, he struggled. So right now, yes, he has speed, which is always an asset in the NHL, especially this NHL where you sure. need speed. And um, But it's gone down and down. And I think that his value, I don't think you'll get – I don't know what you're – he's not going to be a – pack. maybe he's in a package for a certain player, but he's not moving the needle like he might have moved a couple years ago. I know yeah, after that goal against the um, Lightning in the playoffs, which obviously unreal goal forces game seven, mm -hmm. you could look at that summer and say, that wouldn't have been the time to move him. His value is never going to be higher – but you you, not, you haven't seen enough from him, and his, his value has gone down and down. That I don't think he, you know, you're gonna have to just move him to move him at this point. For, right, for if you if, if they do move him, it's not as a significant part of a package. No, it'd right be now. a captain. I mean, unless like the other team that they're dealing with, you know, sees some promise and hope that they can, you know, bring some of that upside back. Right, but and it's like, possible. but it, of course, he's he's still a youngish dude. But he, yeah. yeah, I mean. But look, he's been in the league for a long time, and every time you think he's going to figure it out, he kind of falls back into this, you know, these slumps and this inconsistency. And 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 some nights he's he's the best player on the ice, and other other nights you don't even know he's he's dressing, you know. And 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 
And that's a problem that this guy's had. And look, every team has had players like this. The Islanders have had multiple players like this over the years. And some guys, it takes longer to figure out than not. But you also need to to figure out, and this is part of Lou Lemerillo's job, is is when you pull the plug on somebody like that guy and say, listen, we gave we gave it our best shot. It's not working here. Maybe it's time to give him a chance somewhere else. And and the only the only problem is is that you know he's going to be selling real low. You yeah, know, like it's it's just a move cap at this point, and that might be valuable enough. Oh, I mean, cap. Cap space is, right. is so incredibly valuable. And yeah, I think just the time movement would have been two summers yeah. ago, last summer, and it just didn't happen. So Okay, there you have it. Uh, and I think we actually have one last one. Let's for do it. The, one more. Ed and Mike on the couch. Uh, That'll be the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to wrap it up. Will you admit that Potvin doesn't <laughs> suck? Yes. <laughs> the hit on Nilsson was clean. Nilsson said so himself. Yes, that's true. We talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, we, we touched on this. Mike? It's tough. <laughs> oh, stop well, it. It definitely is. We, I wish Coach Ed was here for this question uh, a little bit before our time. Uh, but, yeah, we were just talking about this before we hopped on, and I think it's a little outdated. If I, that. Last week I was at the Carolina game, and I don't really remember much going on as as far as that goes. So I think it might be over. But, uh, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're tonight? asking the wrong age group as far yeah. as uh, if Pod Van actually sucked or not. Now, Ed, do you think that more fans in, in your generation of Ranger fandom feel that way about the Pod Van Sucks chant? That maybe it's just, you know, like, A, what is it? B, why is it? C, like, let's move on. It's It's been long enough. Yeah, I think uh, I think both D, D, all the above. I yeah. mean, I ah. think that's what it is. I'm, hey, it's 2023, right? It's a different world now, and... Yeah, he hasn't played in a while. So I, I mean, like I said, yeah, like it's been it's, a minute. It's before our time, and and a lot of fans. I mean, we're reaching, trying to reach for the younger crowd and stuff. And even Coach Ed kind of says like it's getting old at this point. Wow, it's kind of wow. played its course, I think. So maybe we got to find a new chant. Maybe Hockey okay. Night in New York and Rangers Ed can come up with something okay. a little more creative. Yeah, we can powwow over I that. I do enjoy uh, screaming it every night, though. Yeah. Uh, That's the Mike guy. actually does it from <laughs> the couch, too, just to make himself feel at the garden. Now, are there designated whistlers for that? Because obviously it starts on the whistle. Like, do, do you know if there's somebody in the garden that does it every night, or is it just like Great a random question. dude every time? It's. I, I was going to say, I could tell when that one guy, there is one guy that's yeah? very distinct. That okay. That one very, like, well-tuned whistle. Yeah, like you gotta have the like right kind of talent to, to try to mimic it. But there is one guy I don't know yeah. what his name is, but I'll try to find out. Can you, can okay, you I don't think it's like anything official. It's not like a dancing Larry type. Just person, gonna ask, you know is he still saying? there? Yeah, is he still he's doing still, that? Yeah. Dancing Larry. Wow. Every, he has a set time. It's like usually like nine and change left in the, okay. in the third period, whatever the TV time is around that time. So he has a set time. But, yeah, like Mike was saying, there's no, like, set person. It's actually really funny when someone tries to do it and runs right. out of gas. So they're like, <laughs> and then they just, like, can't whistle anymore. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, guy, good. nice try. And has, has Dancing Larry uh, introduced any new moves over the years, or is it kind of just the same stick? I don't even think he has a script, dude. I think it's different every single time okay. for the last God knows how long he's been doing it. Um, okay. We're actually planning on having him on our show. We just nice. haven't nailed out a date. Okay. Um, but he de did agree to come on just a matter of when, so we'll definitely pass on the question. Okay, very good, very good. So I, I have to say I'm impressed with the answer here about the pot fan sucks, and, and maybe it's it's seen uh, it's kind of seen its time in the sun. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. The socks is a great idea, too. But I like the pot fan socks, yeah. That's, it took way too funny. long for that. Such <laughs> yeah. a genius market. Yeah, I mean, I mean, bad job by Islander country, right, for taking that long to just come up with that, the, the pot fan socks. But, but, but credit to the man himself, Dennis Potvin, for making it happen because uh, 
you know, it's a it's a brilliant way to be like, no, nah, man, they're not saying pop fan sucks. They're saying pop fan sucks. <laughs> genius. genius. <laughs> I love it. Maybe that's why the Ranger fans aren't saying it anymore. I think that might have something to do with it. We're not trying to give them any free ads. Because now it can just be like, hey, look, fellas, yeah. they're right here. <laughs> it's the socks. So uh, that's it for questions, Ed. That's that's pretty much it. All I've right. already hit the main screen. Love it. So <laughs> thanks for the update on the behind the scenes. Well, folks, always a pleasure to have you guys chime in in the chat. Thanks a lot for throwing some questions at the at, uh, Ed Mike over there. Good stuff. So I think we can wrap it up. So, Eddie, hit that music. All right, folks, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and, of course, your favorite podcast providers for Hockey Night in New York. A big, big thanks to Ethan Sears of the New York Post for joining us. And, of course, a huge thanks to these fellas over here on the couch, Little Ed and Mr. Mike over there. Pleasure having you guys. Great job with the questions. Great job in the All-Star game. Absolutely great stuff. I want to thank all our great sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. You can also check them out at bluelinedeli.com, an official partner of the New York Islanders. Also, a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And also, folks, keep your eyes peeled on social media. We just booked a bunch more dates for the rest of the season for some viewing parties. We'll give you some more details on that soon, but we're going to have more fun there. It's going to be a great, great time. We had a blast with the guys at Rangers Ed last time, so we're going to keep that train rolling. It's going to be excellent. Also, a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check out MainSTBoardGameCafe.com, MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for them. And Stefan, buddy, thanks for thanks for coming down and filling in, pal. My pleasure. Anytime. Great stuff, buddy. Great stuff. Uh, where can we find your, your excellent superior coverage of the New York Islanders? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Stefan, S-T-E-F-E-N underscore Rosner, R-O-S-N-E-R. And nyihockeynow.com. nyihockeynow.com. And hey, folks, thanks to you for checking us out one more time. A friend to Great Pal over there making the Funkos over there. Custom Hockey Sticks on Etsy. And then at Custom Sports Funkos over on Instagram. Check them out. You can check us out at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can check out myself on Twitter at Shawnee Hockey. And if you dig what we're doing here, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We'll be back next week. For Ed, behind the mic over there, behind the glass. For Jay, we've been Hockey Night in New York. Thank you so much. We will see you next time.